0: Welcome back, everyone, to after the sermon ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and our friend Matthew Miner. Welcome back, guys. Uh, Marcus, you didn't you didn't join the podcast last week we we missed you. That was like probably the first time ever that um, Marcus Donaldson was not present on a, an after the sermon ends podcast. How how did it feel last week?
1: The break was. Warmly welcomed, but the fact that I got kicked off was uh, that hurt a little bit. It stung.
0: <laughs> well, no, nah, we just wanted a married couple to to come in. Oh, we could we could have asked Ariel. Maybe one day we'll get yeah, Ariel I in mean, here too. So I'm married. <laughs> no, I
1: I think Todd and Amy did a great job. I was uh, glad that they were able to come in and share some of their experience. But how God's really been teaching them through? Uh, what was it, eighteen or nineteen years?
0: Yes, almost 19 years right. they're married.
1: 19 years of marriage, so I was glad to be off of it.
0: Yeah, well, Well. this week you continued our series in the greatest sermon of all time with um, your topic on oaths, that is O-A-T-H-S, so if you hear me or anybody else say oats, we're actually saying oaths. Um, but Marcus, why don't you take us into a recap from Sunday?
1: Yeah, so the the simple... Way to put this is that Jesus is calling his followers his disciples kingdom citizens or Christians or whatever Synonym you want to try to use for it. He's calling His people to say what they mean mean what they say Mm -hmm. do what they're uh, what they say They're gonna do and not do the things that they're they say that they won't do. Yeah Uh, That's the long and short of it Um, and and I think that as far as oath meals go just kidding <laughs> as far as oaths go um we see the the same scenario in our day that because we live in a low commitment culture we live in a a low truth society that we like to add things to our words and we like to go to great lengths to make sure that what we're saying appears to be truthful yeah and Jesus is calling his people away from that, and and the way that it is, it's not, it's not necessarily talking less or talking more or using different language or whatever. Right. It's just say what you mean mm-hmm. and mean what you say and yeah. do what you say you're going to do and don't what you say you won't. So right. that that's the long and short. That's the. Um. It, it was a incredibly relevant uh, topic, at least in my mind. So I was glad that the Lord brought it before us.
0: That's good. Matthew, what what were some of your thoughts that you had from Sunday?
2: This is one of those messages that very much is not surprising, but in today is so much needed. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, like, this is so, like, innately in our cultural zeitgeist. It's very much just there mm-hmm. it's like from birth it seems everyone's like adding additional words to mean this is a true statement because i'm such a liar yeah um and we just live in a a world of lies by the kings of lies mm. but the king of of uh, everything has conquered
0: yeah that's good yeah um so i mean i guess the first place i want to start though is the, the question that i have is like you know why why does this matter this, this topic of vowing, and, and really what he's saying in the, in the verse is not to take an oath at all. Um, you know, why does this matter for, for the people back then and the people today? Because, I mean, we've gone from, you know, talking about anger and lust and then divorce last week, where, you know, these are based on, you know, command, like some of the Ten Commandments, and then we're coming to oaths. Um, you know, we. Th- I think this goes back to the third commandment, is do not take the Lord's name in vain. But, you know, when we're talking about vowing things to the Lord, like why, why is something like this so important? Why did Jesus include it in his message?
1: I think at the fundamental level is because it reflects the triune God. mm mm-hmm from there you you get the 10 commandments you get um, the three old testament scriptures that Jesus is kind of putting together and giving us a composite but because God the father is a father of truth because Jesus the son is a son of truth and because the holy spirit is the spirit of truth when his people when God's people do anything less than Um, speak in absolute truthfulness and uh, sincerity and integrity of speech, it distorts the physical reflection of God, right? Like, so if the people people of God are supposed to be reflections of God Mm -hmm. um, and represent His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, when we are not truthful, we don't represent that well. So I think why it's so important, especially for us today, is because if the church started saying what they mean, meaning what they say, doing what they say they're uh, going to do, and not doing what they say that they won't, I think what we'll see is uh, people start taking the, the church more seriously, and then two, um, as a result of taking the church more seriously, taking God more seriously um, and where they stand with Him. So I think ultimately it's a, um, a salvation issue for the non-believer and for the believer it's a sanctification and a discipleship issue Mm -hmm. yeah
2: it's one of those that whenever someone looks at another christian and or an if someone from outside the church looks at a christian if every time they're saying this is true or i promise you or anything like that you tend to start looking more skeptically at them because Everything nowadays is very skeptical. And so because of that, there's just our whole world basically is like, yeah, everyone's lying. So why should I believe anything? Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm um, looking at a quote here. It's like uh, from uh, Alexander McLaren um, in his commentary. It's like he says, if lies were not so common, oaths would be needless. Mm-hmm. And as as Christians, if we are to, to live lives of truth and integrity Like the weight of our character should be enough for people to believe our word. And when our character is is weak and and when we are constantly showing ourselves to be weak and, and lacking commitment and lacking truthfulness, then that's when we feel the need to overcompensate with you know, I swear to God, or I swear on my mom's life, or I swear on this, or just, you know, you you heap up words and cheap vows to, to try and get across what you're trying to say. And what you're trying to say could be the truth. You could be trying to convey something that is true, but if people are automatically not believing you, like, what does that say about the weight of your character? And I think Jesus is calling us to say, or calling us here to to live lives of truth first i think that i think that's the application it's not the application is not never swear an oath the the application is to live a life of truth and integrity and like you said marcus mean what you say you know when you say something follow through i, th- I think we can all like think of you know people in our lives that are are kind of wishy-washy and you know they say they're going to do something and you're you're 50 50 on if they're actually going to follow through on it or not and you know, Jesus is equating that to that, that's coming from the evil one. that's sinful. And, um, you know, but in our culture today, we just we chalk that up to personality. We chalk that up to, oh that's just how they are, and we just we just kind of move on from it. And like there should be grace given between brothers and sisters when when they fall. But like he is he is deepening this like he is every other commandment by saying, your character should be, above that reproach and it should your character should be enough to convey that truth the
1: thing to me is like when i look out at not just my own life but like at our society today or at least the people that i commonly interact with is the what we've done is uh, because amazon delivers seven days a week because netflix is on demand and you you can order um food like through your phone and get it delivered to your house. McDonald's is huge, everything else. I think what people expect of others is for them to be that way. On demand, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we in response to this demand, we overcommit Mm. and we don't say no enough. Yeah. So we develop unhealthy rhythms of life, of you know, work and everything else. And it just burns us out. So, I think inevitably what happens is we end up falling through on some of those commitments that we make or promises that we make to, you know, friends, family members, church members, brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? So, not because we necessarily don't want to. I think we tend to look for, we're always looking for something better. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Oh, no, sorry, something came up. And it's like, well, something better came up, yeah. and because yep. you're not about your word, mm-hmm. you did that instead. Yeah,
0: and I think I think this goes beyond you know people inviting you to you know parties or whatever. But um, you know, with the making a vow or an oath, people use those things to like make themselves look better to people. You know when you know you're at a job and they're like asking it's like are you going to complete this task yes i'm going to complete the task like you can bet this this and this i'm going to complete that task or they're asking you did you complete that task and you want to um you know make sure in their minds that they see you as somebody that's trustworthy and you, you heap up these words and you know there there is a, an element of you building up that trust in the, in the first place but you know that are like i said the the character and our actions and what we say should be enough to let people believe that and we don't need to hype up extra words and extra evidence on top of that and so it's not just you know when you when someone invites you to a party and if you don't know you want to go don't just say yes or not but it goes beyond that to you know we're not using our words to trying to impress people we're using our words in truth and and and, in integrity if that makes sense
2: yeah and Especially in leadership, trust mm. is the foundation of all leadership. Without trust, you have no team in the first place. Right. Trust is so easy to you know, to lose and so hard to gain. Mm. It, it takes years to build back trust that is lost in a minute. Um, and very much that's what happened. Is we we as a world, as soon as the fall of man happened, we lost all trust. Yeah, and that trust that trust debt has built and built and built. But because of the Lord, we can actually be back in a trustworthy state mm-hmm. with God. It reminds me a lot of Isaiah 6, 5. And so I say, woe, to, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Mm-hmm. For my eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. Yeah, Isaiah sees God and immediately is like, I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah. Because he understands truly how um, sinful we all are. Yeah. And lying, how quickly can we just lie? We may do it without even noticing that we're doing it. Yep. Like, well, I know me and Josh are single. Marcus is not. Marcus, has there ever been a time that you've lied to your wife? And Never. You really didn't mean it? <laughs> Never. <laughs> and you yes. really didn't
1: even notice it? <laughs> you know, it's ser- on a serious note, yeah. I mean... More often than I probably realize. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Or
0: maybe you just stretch the truth or those like little half, half truths where you say, yeah, this happened, but you don't include the whole thing. Like you you said on Sunday, like even a a half truth or a a whole lie. lie. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a whole lie.
2: And really, if you start thinking about it, how embedded this whole idea is in our society. The Boy That Cries Wolf is a a children's story that we tell to try to teach against falsely making false things. Yep. Yep. Yet, every day, children lie. Mm-hmm. And um, especially in police investigations. Police investigations, children can be the most truthful until a certain age where they will become the biggest liars. Mm. It It's very strange. Yeah. Um, this also reminds me of uh, the last book in the Chronicles of Narnia series. i got to get my C.S. Lewis plug there in. There it here. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the final battle, the whole premise of the book is based off of the lie that Aslan has returned, but it's a lie entirely. And so people trust Aslan, but then the uh, the dwarfs especially, once they find that it's a lie, it was, it, they no longer believed in Aslan at all. Oh, wow. So they lost faith because of this lie. Mm-hmm. And that principle can still be applied to the church. Mm-hmm. If someone that you've trusted a lot breaks your trust, even if it's just a little you will no longer trust that person like you used to.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, that's a lot of pressure on, on a, a Christian, you know, who's interacting with, with a non-Christian of, you know, you have to live this, li- this, this life of integrity and, and, and show the truthfulness of what you're trying to live. And, you know, there, there's, there's grace for when we fall, but, you know, that, I think that just shows the need for us to be genuine with where we fall short. You know, I think so So many people, uh, I think we talked about it even a couple weeks ago, of we, we come into the church and we try to put this this mask on of trying to look better than we really are. And when when people see that that facade come down, they're, they're surprised and they're crestfallen and they, they, they lose hope um, in the church and in Jesus sometimes, um, all because we're not being genuine with who we are. Like, we all know we're sinful. We're, we all know we're messed up. And we don't need to just use our words and, use our, and, and make our lives seem like something they're not.
2: Reminds me of Matthew seven twenty one 21 through um, 23. Uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does um, the, the will of my Father may say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we, uh, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You practice lawlessness. Mm-hmm. The Lord, Lord. In this context, if any time a word is repeated in um, the language, it very much is to put emphasis. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, Lord, is to be like, you are, you are my Lord. Right. But what they're stating. Is not true. Yeah, it is a lie in itself. They may have even convinced themselves it's not a lie, mm. but if they're not fathering and if they're not following in the Father's will, then Jesus will say, "Depart, for I never knew you." Right, yet. right. And it's one of those that I know as a Christian it scares me to death mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is like, "Am I going to get there?" But um, I think it was R.C. Sproul who said, "If you're asking that question, chances are your answer is not going to be." Um, depart from me, but it's going to be, you were a good and faithful servant. Right, yeah. Um, it's just trustworthiness and lying. Mm-hmm. Like the whole fall is founded on on a half-truth. Mm-hmm. Eve fell for a half-truth. Yep. It's like, well, did God really say that? Well, no, he didn't say exactly that. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole, the whole foundation of this world is built on a lie. Yeah. But the foundation of the new kingdom is based on the pure truth, yeah. which is that Christ came and died for us, the, uh, us liars. All of our words are vinegar, and we continue to give it to a thirsty king. Mm-hmm. Yet he continues to gr- graciously accept the vinegar that we provide and in exchange gives us the water of life.
0: I think we've, we've drifted a little bit from the topic of vows and oaths towards truth, and I think that that is a necessary you know, foundation for that because if we don't have that foundation of truth, we don't have like the 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 foundation for talking about you know our word, our word yeah. being truthful. Um, so, Marcus, like, take us into um, maybe some some contemporary uses of oaths to you know th- to get our point across that that aren't truthful. Like, what what are ways that we you know use oaths in that way that that they may have used it back then.
1: Yeah, I don't know of any contemporary examples off the top of my head. The, what they were doing in uh, the time that Jesus is saying this is they were doing it with everything. Mm-hmm. There was no, no area of life where they wouldn't take an oath or right. make a vow or whatever. Um, it was a part of everyday casual conversation. And like you were saying earlier, it was to enhance their conversation or just to add a little bit of flavor or um, a measure of credibility to whatever they were saying. So I think in our contemporary setting, what we see is the same thing. I think that it's pretty interesting that this comes after um, lust and divorce, because Mm. an oath, right, you make an, an oath or vows in marriage in these different areas. Actually, even anger, too, like where he's talking about coming before a judge, Right, you have to give truthful testimony, which is why perjury carries such severe uh, consequences uh, today. Yeah, because without without a truthful witness, it's not really possible true justice. But right, anyways, narrowing it for me at least is difficult, just because it was ongoing, it was frivolous, right? It was all over the place, and the same thing is carried on today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew, do you have any? contemporary applications for this
1: passage? Oh, you said examples, not yeah, applications. Said, okay, examples <laughs>
0: first.
2: So, I, I think the, the two examples I did bring are very contemporary. Right. Um, the story of the um the boy who cries wolf. Yep. And then uh, the uh, plot to um the final battle. Yeah. Both of which very much are trying to teach the same lesson that we've been trying to teach for over 2,000 years. Even Jesus, it, in several places, says... Um I truly tell you, which he's just trying to get it through the apostles' thick skulls, <laughs> the truth, yeah, and they don't really see the truth till the end mm-hmm. um, It's one of those things that especially in the time that Jesus is in, there's basically no trust uh, for a for a modern example for um, the life of Brian, a uh, a funny thing me and Josh were talking about um earlier this yeah. week. Early last week, um, it's a, a common, it's a, it is a movie about a, uh, that's just full of jokes, but one of the jokes is all about how they don't, um, what did the Romans do for us? What did the Romans do? They provided roads, they provided clean water, they provided all these things, and then in the end, they're like, but besides all of that, what did they do? (laughs) It's like, if that's the, if that's the point that you've gotten to, then there is no trust between anyone. And I, I do agree with you that we have. This has moved slightly, but without trust, there is no need for the oath. For sure, if we if we could be trusted with what we said, yep, there would be absolutely no reasons for oaths. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing: the uh, uh Lord of the Rings, the fellow, the Fellowship of the Ring, is a trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yet the trust is broken, and the fellowship is broken. In the same way, we need trust yep. to have oaths. Mm. If we did not have trust, then we don't have oath. Yes, I said that wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we if we had
0: trust, yes, we, we would not have. Oaths. We would not need oaths. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, any any other contemporary applications? Like, what about like how how do we start building trust? If, like, I think um, whether it's overcommitting to things or you just not following through on even like projects at work. Like what like what's a good way to start building that trust with others, building up that integrity in our lives, um, you know, because it can be a hard thing to come back from if you know you've fallen on those, you know, fallen on these things and 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 not followed through, and people don't trust you. Like, how do you start building that back up?
1: Say what you mean, <laughs> I mean what you, you gonna say, say that. <laughs> do what you say you're going to do, and don't do what you say you won't. Right, um, right. and then. Be slow to make commitments. Like, I think that there would be a, a huge uh, shift mm-hmm. in our interactions and the credibility that we have before others if we were slower to make commitments. Yeah. But I think our fast paced, on demand world that is sinful kind of drives us to be so quick and immediate with everything that we do. So, I would just encourage people. Uh, with that first thing that I said, and then learn to say no. But also with that, there are a lot of things that we need to say yes to and commit to wholeheartedly. So just slow down, take a minute or two or a day or two or an hour or two, however long it takes for you to to look at something and evaluate if you can actually do it or not. Yeah. Frank
2: honesty. If you were just straight up honest with the person, especially if you've broken trust with that person, just be open and honest with them it will help that process of healing and bringing back that trust. Yeah. Um I took a leadership course last year and in the leadership course we talked about trust throughout the whole thing. A lot like the first lesson was, okay, if you have trust, here's what you can do. The rest of it was how to build trust and how right. to regain lost trust. Yeah. Just because that is really difficult. But the easiest method is just being frank and honest with them mm-hmm. and knowing that it can take time, especially if you've told someone something, and then you broke in that trust. Mm-hmm. It's the same with oaths. If an oath really had a meaning with this, then we would not say it as often. Mm-hmm. If we truly held oaths to have the standard God had wanted us to hold oaths to, we would, ma- we would be very slow to take an oath to the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a great start. You know, I'm just, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say, do what you say you're going to do, and don't do what you're what you you say you won't what you say you won't um but just like start somewhere you know it's not you're not going to build up all that trust all in one day like but just start by being honest in in the first situation be frank and and simple with your words don't try to overcompensate if someone doesn't believe you like you don't have to heap on more and more words and more and more evidence of why what you're saying is true just if if they don't believe you then you know gain a mutual understanding get to a mutual understanding and then and move on from there but um but then back up what you're what you say you're going to do um with that action that you say you're going to do um you know and then like Marcus is saying like exercise that no muscle of you know if you if you really don't think you can do something it's okay to say no like no is is such a weird word in our culture today of like we don't want to you know disappoint anybody but it's okay to not be involved in everything and um, you know we, we all know those people that are just overbearing I think all of us at this table have have been at that point of oh we've said yes too many times um, and and I, I think at least for me I am learning that actively of okay when when can I say no in this situation when is it healthy for me to do that um, and I think the the final thing I'd add is you know just, just really analyze the words that you say, the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, you know, God values our words very highly. And what we say, um, he he also, I mean, he values what we do, but he also values what we say and how we say it and how sincere we are in it, um, because Jesus was very truthful and sincere with what he said. Uh, so we need to match that and and be very careful with what we're saying.
1: There's always this contrast, or maybe it's like quick assumption that when you say things like, You know, Jesus was always truthful and sincere, which he was. I agree wholeheartedly. There's this, like, assumption that that means everything that you say needs to be nice. Yeah. It's like sincere. I can express sincerity with disapproval, and not in a judging sense, but in an accountability sense of, man, that's that's not right. Mm Mm-hmm you know like according to God's word that's sin or that doesn't seem like the best decision and it's not to be judgy because it's like at least today any concept of accountability or anything like that in the church seems like legalism or judgment but i i don't i don't see that when Jesus is holding people accountable when he says get behind me Satan to yep. Peter that's those are very harsh words mm-hmm. and it's sincere yep Right, Because there was an issue. Yep. Peter was trying to insert his will over God's will mm-hmm. and over Jesus' uh, task yeah. to accomplish salvation. To
2: quote uh, Dawson Murray from about 12 years ago, "There <laughs> do or do not, there is no try.
0: I think he was quoting Yoda yeah. from Star Wars. <laughs> he was. Oh, uh, good old Dawson.
2: But it's very much that. Yeah. We need to do what we say. Don't do what, we're, what we say we won't do. And mean what we say, yeah, if we do that, then the then the, it's gravy
0: yeah the the rest is going to fall into place, um well, listener, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this conversation. We hope that you were um- up, uplifted by it and um, we hope you join us this coming Sunday at City Church in Gainesville at 10 a.m. Uh, this Wednesday, we are starting our summer prayer series. Um, Matthew's leading that. Um, why don't you give us a snapshot of what Wednesday could look like?
2: So Wednesday, we're going to start in um, this book. It's called Praying the Bible by Ronald S. Whitney. Um, it's a very good book, outlines a, a, a very different method than we're used to in contemporary Christianity. Um, but... This method for prayer is going to be so good and so great. Um, I really encourage you to come. It's 6 p.m. We're going to have dinner. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Also, we will be recording them and posting them somewhere. So uh,
0: stay tuned for that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, listener, thank you so much again for joining us today. And until next time.